So here we go again. Did you really just call me an ambulance driver? An ambulance driver? Oh, come on. Four years of college-level classes, hundreds upon hundreds of hours of continuing education, a veritable alphabet soup of certification acronyms behind my name, and you still just called me an ambulance driver. Really? Oh, come now. Did you know that calling me an ambulance driver is like calling a high school teacher a nanny, or calling a police officer a police car driver, or calling a firefighter a fire truck driver? I could go on and on. We will explore this topic further in this edition of the QMC EMS Board and Caller. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the QMC Board and Caller news and thought-provoking discussions for today's emergency medical service provider. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's podcast, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvat. You know, folks, EMS is an acronym for emergency medical services. EMT stands for Emergency Medical Technician. Nationally, there are several levels of EMS professionals. Each level signifies to the public that the person holding the title and the requisite license or certification has met stringent educational and training standards that allow them to take care of people. Some of the most common levels are EMT Basic, EMT Intermediate, and EMT Paramedic. Many of the states have expanded on this by offering additional level of certifications in recent times. A paramedic these days has a college level education taking over a thousand hours of didactic time and can spend anywhere from six months to a year in clinical rotations. We can poke, prod, cut, inject, bandage, stabilize, evacuate, and care for you 16 different ways from Sunday. Most ambulances today carry 40-plus different emergency medications that one must know how to use really well. Paramedics today can intubate your trachea so you can breathe, reinflate your collapsed lung with a needle, surgically open your airway, and do a whole host of other things that you wish that you never, ever need. Most ambulances are a critical care unit on wheels that can be at your curbside in just a few minutes, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Today's ambulances bring the emergency department right to you and begin advanced medical care right away. This care saves lives and improves your medical outcome greatly for a whole host of medical complaints. And you, Mr. Public, still call me an ambulance driver, which, if you hadn't noticed, somehow irks me a bit. Unfortunately, for those of us in the EMS industry, it's not your fault that you call me that, Mr. Public. It's my fault. It's the fault of each and every EMS professional out there that you know so little about our profession and our industry that you resort to calling us that detestable term. It is our responsibility to get the word out. It is our responsibility to educate you about our life-saving services and our responsibility to let you know just how and when to use us properly. If we don't do it and therefore let the responsibility fall to others, we EMS people aren't going to be happy with the job we do. 
We're not going to be happy with the popular representations of paramedics in the media. We're not going to be happy with the results of our public health education campaigns. In recent years, the American Heart Association has released a campaign entitled Mission Lifeline. It's truly a great marketing campaign aimed at increasing public awareness of heart attack symptoms so that Joe Public calls us first when they start having the big one at home or at work. If you know me, you know that my all-time biggest pet peeve is when the people having conditions where they need us and need us now but aren't dramatic like a car accident or a cardiac arrest simply don't call us. I can't make a direct quote, but I read a study once where like 60% of the people call a friend or family member first when they think they're having symptoms of a heart attack. Calling EMS for these interventions that we can provide seems to be, in many cases, an afterthought. Please, Mr. Public, know that the very first call you should make when you have pains in your chest is to 911. Do not hesitate. Do not worry about the cost. Just call us. Do you know that approximately 1% of cardiac muscle tissue dies and cannot be saved per minute in a bad heart attack? The difference is simple. You call 911 and usually an ambulance arrives within 10 minutes and starts life-saving interventions and gives you medications to help slow or stop the damage in progress and salvage the heart tissue that is being damaged. Please remember that time is muscle and that the extra expense of an ambulance is more than covered by the quality of life that we're keeping for you. Really, please don't call. Don't wait. You can call your family after you call 911. Please, please folks. The entire EMS industry is begging you. My little talk today is also telling our industry people to get out there and get the word out. Go market yourselves. If you want people to know what we do, it is your personal responsibility to tell them. Go do it now. Don't wait. Move forward. Ambulance driver? Seriously? Thanks for joining us today, folks. My name is Gary Harvat. I'm from the QMC Client Success Team. We appreciate you being here, and hey, be safe out there. <music>